Hey everybody, welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham and I'm here again with Logan Ketterling. Hello. Hey, uh, I said it last week, happy holidays, and now the snow has hit the ground. Can't believe it. I think next week though here in Minnesota, we've got a week of in the mid-40s. So this snow is going to melt and you got one last glimpse of your green grass. When I woke up on Tuesday, I was sad. Why? A little seasonal depression? Well, if it was on... November 1st. You got to do a little vitamin D, man. I wouldn't mind, but in October, just tough. I know it's November now, but man. Yeah, first snow is always, you know, I, well, I saw a car accident this morning. I mean, just witnessed it. Crazy. So it's slippery roads. Here we are again. I didn't have a scraper in my car. So, oh. So that was tough. Yeah, got to get a scraper. Everybody's, yeah, get your, get your little winter kit going. Mm-hmm. Do you have automatic car starter? No. Well, we're normal people. <laughs> normal people. Uh, it's all good. I ho- Hopefully you had an amazing, you know, everybody listening, hopefully this week on, on Tuesday, hopefully you had an amazing harvest party. And uh, <laughs> sorry. Candy Palooza. Candy Palooza. And hopefully your kids got some candy. Hopefully you were praying and fasting on Tuesday. Actually, I'm going to be honest. Hopefully, uh, if you were participating in the neighborhood, hopefully you were a light for Jesus Christ. Yep. And it, it's interesting, on on October 31st, the day that is Halloween, in SOAP, we read Matthew 27 and Matthew 28, and I listened to it with my girls on, on the drive to school, and we just had a little conversation. It's amazing. It was just awesome to... to listen through the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection on Halloween, this day that the world, you know, in the worst way, the world celebrates death and, and uh, demonic and, and whatever. But in the best way, Jesus has overcome all of that. Mm-hmm. And as Christ followers, just telling my girls as I drop them off of school, we are not afraid of death. We live forever in heaven for all eternity because of what we just listened to. Jesus dying on the cross, being raised to life again. We've got victory in Christ. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. I got to ask Pastor Connor if it was intentional that we're listening to the crucifixion on Halloween. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's awesome. I love We talked about it a few weeks ago, but I love how that aligns. And this last weekend, Candy Palooza. Yeah, we we. It's our largest weekend, genuinely. I mean, now that we have the numbers, our largest weekend this year outside of Easter, a holiday, right? Yeah, outside of Easter. Yeah. So, um, it's pretty incredible. A lot of new families, close to close to nine thousand people. We had some of our pastors uh, inviting people on different like uh, parent or mom Facebook groups, things like that, and a lot of people came. At least this is a story from Apple Valley. Some people came to church this weekend not knowing that it was church. Like they saw Candy Palooza and mm. dress up your kids and get and and they were, like as soon as they walk in, it's like, hey, welcome to church. And the family stayed and the kids loved it. And a bunch of people got saved across the house this weekend, which is which is awesome. And that's that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Is, is trying to redeem something that the world is uh, traditionally, it's just not, it's, it's not really connected to the church, but we're going to redeem it and see people get saved. Yeah. 
yeah, it's awesome to see. I love how even in our network of churches, there's a lot of churches that are doing Candy Palooza. They're using our brand. They're leaning into this to get more people. This this weekend, I was at a church in Michigan that's part of our network. Yep. And it's funny. My they invited my mom, my dad, and myself. So my mom preached at their women's conference on Saturday. Then yep. my dad preached Sunday, and at their at their weekend services. And then Sunday night, I preached at their youth event. And then Monday, my dad and I taught at their staff meeting and pastor's round table. And so we we had a full weekend doing ministry. For those who don't know, Pastor Rob, he, he only does about two, maybe three weekends a year at another church speaking. And I know he, we have guest speakers and campus pastors, but he, he says, I don't like traveling to other churches on a weekend. I want to be at, at my church. And well, so, is, the the proof is I th- I think he's preached over forty weekends this year. Wow! By by the time we get to the end of the year, so he's uh, even as he's getting older and he's a he's a grandpa, he's got energy. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, and passionate to to bring his best to the church that he pastors. Yeah, and this church that we went to, they have been so inspired. They they have a heart for missions, and the ch- church called Engedi, and they just shared their vision. And their vision is to have 5,000 people gathered and then to have 200 yep. missionaries sent. And so it's amazing to see how we're helping inspire others. And of course, they had a heart for missions before they met us. It's not like everything's changed, yep. but they're inspired by what we're doing. And so they said, you, you want to send 500 missionaries? We want to send, we want to send 200 missionaries. So it's incredible to see. Pastor Rob on Tuesday at our staff prayer was inspired by Getty Church and told our staff, hey, we we need to actually talk about our gathered number. We've got the 500 cent number. And so it's it's just, you know, as you're listening to this podcast, if you're wondering, you know, do we have a goal uh, for growth to reach more people? We always want to reach more people, but uh, you might hear now and again that we'd love to see 20,000 gathered. Yeah. So we can send 500, uh, 20,000 gathered and 500 sent. That's that's our goal. And we need to double in size to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's an aggressive goal to see our church double. Could every campus double in size? Could we launch a couple new campuses? Um, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to announce to the entire church uh, a partnership. And so that's that's all and, I'm going to say now. But. And and I think this weekend we may be announcing. This weekend we are announcing a new campus. Yeah, I think that's happening. that's incredible people get excited uh obviously god has been doing something amazing but uh i wasn't here this weekend to hear the ted cunningham how how it was received obviously it's online but how how, talk about the message well he's hilarious he started the message uh talking about his favorite toy of all time evil knievel toy and 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 then he showed a picture of kids jumping a ramp like on their bikes uh, in the neighborhood. And he said, that's what's wrong with America today. When's the last time you saw a ramp in a neighborhood? And I was like, that is true. true. Yeah, That's true. You don't see ramps anymore. But Elbow like, pads, knee pads, oh, everything yeah, yeah. just for riding a bike. Oh, yeah. oh, I got a ramp for, for my birthday once. It was just one of those cheap ramps you get at Target, probably $20, $30. Oh, yeah. And the plastic ones. but Oh, yeah, slides slides away from you yes, as you go off of it. Yes, but what we did is we had a hill on the side of our house, yep. and we put the ramp on the hill, and then when it snowed, we would pack it all in, so then we'd have like a snowboard jump. Oh, yeah. And, man, that was, I mean, that dream $30 true. ramp was a dream. I remember I asked for a snowboard for Christmas, and my mom got me one of the snowboards that was, like, from Target that 
you just stick your feet in. Like yeah. it, it didn't have any real bindings or anything. It was just like <laughs> yeah. you kind of slide. There was like slides. You just slide your feet. No, in. that's all we had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. We, <laughs> growing up, we had a hill hill in our backyard. And next door to us was a small little duplex and it, it was it was a rental. So there's families kind of coming in and out um, as our next door neighbors. And I remember one winter we had a new family next to us and the dad came out after the first snow and we had built a, a little ramp at the bottom of the hill and we'd ride our snowboards down or sleds down and, and shoot off this ramp. And the dad, he came out, no shirt on, cigarette in his mouth. He had long hair, goes to the top of the hill on his skis and goes down the hill off the ramp and he ate it oh hard i mean the cigarette went down his throat i mean <laughs> like ate it hard i'll never forget like who's this new family and this guy off his rocker not not great on the ski hill so he's just representing everything he had so anyways, Ted Cunningham was amazing. Talked about raising healthy children and really just talked about when when you have young kids, you're, you're in the season of having the most control you'll ever have. But there's a, a continuum or a spectrum that you move as a parent. You move from control to influence. And the day they leave your house at maybe 18 years old, that's not the day that you just switch control to influence. Like you have to, it's got to be gradual. And he just talked about kind of what we talk about when we dedicate our children to the Lord. Lord, I want your plan for my child more than my plan for my child. I want your will to be done, not my will to be done. Help me raise my child in the ways of the Lord. And it's really this process of letting go. You're raising your children and that yes, there's a lot of control early on. Hey, this is what this is what grams do. This is who we are. This is how we talk. This is what we believe. But you're slowly letting go and they need to make a decision about their faith. They need to start making decisions about who their friends are. They need to start making decisions. And if you can create safe space in the house, um, you know, maybe a little bit middle school and high school and you're slowly letting go, you're in this position as they leave your home to be an incredible influence in your child's life for the rest of their life. And so I thought I thought it was uh, an amazing message. And obviously his humor keeps people engaged. It was a, I think it was a 38 minute message and it felt like it, it was like a seven minute message because it's just enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, it's incredible. And last Friday we had Kingdom Village Banquet. Yeah, huge event in our church, six hundred and fifty people. Yeah, biggest biggest one we ever had, and had one of our missionaries share at the event. And just so powerful to see people that are creating the wave. We say creating the wave of generosity. So maybe you weren't able to be a part of it. Obviously, we have many more opportunities to participate with miracle offering and year-end giving. But people who are saying, "I want to be the first to give," so that we can start this wave and reach our goal of $12 million. And what was really cool is had a lot of people, I know we had talked about this afterwards, they came up to us and said, hey, we love listening to the podcast. So shout out to all the people. Hey, I actually have a shout out to Josh and Tara Welch and their kid Harper. They listen to the podcast every week. And I told them on the spot because they were like, we love the podcast. Thanks for doing it. Uh, just, I want to shout them out. So shout thanks out. for listening. Uh, love the Welch family. Appreciate you. And yeah, and many people were like, we listen to podcasts. Jeez, thanks for listening. Yeah. And we're going to continue to do it. And you were like, hey, if you're listening, why don't you send questions? Yes. Like send us more questions. So um, every, every week we have a few, you know, two or three questions that come through. But if there are things that you're genuinely wrestling with, we want to wrestle alongside you. Yep. 
in the octagon of this podcast. When one of the things people ask is, how do you ask questions, right? And so sometimes they may Where do be, I go? What do I do? So usually on Instagram on, on Mondays, uh, Maddie or someone from the team will post what questions you have on Instagram yep. stories. But you can DM us anytime um, on Instagram. We're both on Instagram. Yep. And shoot us an email to shoot. And, I mean, you can, whatever is the best way to communicate. But Instagram is probably the easiest to just send if you don't have Instagram messages on. Do you have, do you still have Facebook? Uh, no, I don't check it. I mean, I don't know. I've, yeah. <laughs> you, you probably have a hundred messages just sitting yeah, there. I tried to sell something the other day on Marketplace, and it's it's a dark hole. I oh. don't know how anything – people say it's amazing. I I love it. I got spammed. Yeah, you just got to like, watch out for through it. Through the roof, man. You just got to like, watch out. People wanted my iPhone 12 that I'm trying to get rid of, and – and they're fake that, people. Fake people, I wouldn't, man. I wouldn't sell an iPhone on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, well, nobody told me that. So <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, iPad, iPhone, uh, MacBook, no thanks. But. Hey, uh, before you get to a question, KB Banquet, just back to that for a second. Yeah. KB Banquet was amazing, and all of these leaders that were there started the wave of generosity as we get ready for a miracle offering in two weeks. Miracle offering is November 11th and 12th. And we're asking every person a part of our church to pray. We are blessed to be a blessing, and we have a heart to see the world, the 42% of the world to come that has never heard the name of Jesus Christ, to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's what Kingdom Builder is doing. That's what Miracle Offering is all about. So we had our banquet to start that wave. People had an opportunity to give, but we're asking every person in our church to pray. And what we tell our staff is, participation is not an option. If you're going to be on staff at this church, you have to participate in giving to Kingdom Builders. We don't tell you the dollar amount. We don't tell you the percent. But this is what, this is like, if you cut open River Valley, we bleed missions. We we want to see the world saved. And Kingdom Builders is that mechanism financially to do that. And so if you're listening, let me encourage you, participate, participate. Mm-hmm. We're not telling you the dollar amount or the percentage, but God brought you to this church for a reason. He brought you to this church. He's planted you here, and this is what our church is about. And we don't live our life based on feelings. You might not be a missions person necessarily or like a global team person or whatever, and, and we're not saying you have to be like anybody else, but we are saying don't follow your feelings in it. Follow what's in the word of God and faith. God, teach my heart how you see and care about the world. I, I want to have a heart like you do. And so we, we've got November 11th and 12th, our miracle offering. Don't skip that weekend. Don't, you know, I, no, it's it's a joy. It's an adventure. It's thrilling. Um, and it's one of my favorite weekends of the year, every year, Miracle Offering Weekend. Absolutely. Getting to some questions. These are some questions from the last couple of weeks that we didn't have a chance to get answered. I, I don't think they all were, were asked. Um, I know one of the weeks I was not here. So if you already asked, answered it, Kirk. No, no. Just I, say, I already answered it. But Dylan asked, history of the Christian church. The, history, the whole history and differences of Catholicism, Orthodoxy, and Protestantism. Uh, we, we won't be able, Dylan, to get into the whole history of the no, entire no. church. But I, I think it, there is a—we can talk a little bit about the differences between Protestantism and Catholicism and Orthodox. Those would kind of be your three main uh, large branches, veins, veins yeah. of, of the Christian church. And then under Protestantism, you have— 
a bunch of different bunch of different denominations yeah. under that. Then you have evangelical under there. So if you go through the the whole path, I just taught this last week to some of our new staff. We have we're Christian, mm-hmm. then we're Protestant, yep. then we're evangelical, yep. then we're Pentecostal, then we're Assemblies of God. Oh yeah, right. And so those are all the different things that all of those things would be true about our church. Yeah. Um, but you they could probably all add things. charismatic and then Pentecostal. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Some people would differentiate Pentecostal and charismatic and say that they're actually different things. Some people would group them together. Um, I'd say that one's a somewhat less official. Yeah. But. Uh, no, it, it is a great question. Uh, obviously, church history starts in really in the book of Acts after mm-hmm. the ascension of Jesus and as the disciples and the people of God are waiting uh, it, in the upper room in, in Acts chapter well Acts chapter one he's like hey you'll you'll receive power when mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then Acts chapter two we see uh, the hundred and twenty in the upper room baptizing the Holy Spirit and then Peter preaches this Holy Spirit empowered sermon and if you remember Peter's the one that denied Jesus three times uh, in the the during the crucifixion and so he goes from this guy that's kind of fearful in the moment of crisis to now Holy Spirit empowered and emboldened after the crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. And he preaches this incredible message, 3,000 give their lives to Christ. Uh, and then they have this amazing water baptism. And that's the birth of the church. Uh, the day of Pentecost in the upper room is the birth of the church. And so now we're 2,000 years later. Yeah, you're right. There's no chance we can do all of church history. But yeah, you know, it's a great question to think, how did we get from first century church to where we're at today with so many denominations, so many different veins? Um, and, you know, we can't get into all the all the different, you know, church fathers and different things like that. I would encourage a resource, actually. Uh, we love Theosu. Obviously, Nathan Finocchio is a friend of our church. And on Theosu, they, it's a subscription service. I think it's 14 bucks a month. But you, you can... You can listen through like college level courses on church history. I think mm-hmm. they have church history one and church history two, and it's I think each class is like eight hours of of teaching. So so we don't have sixteen hours today to get through church history, uh, but it, it is a great question. I, I like fast forwarding to what do we believe? Yeah. Um, but anything else you want to add? Well, I think there's. It's yeah, two thousand years church history. Tons of things that happened. I think there are three pivotal events in the modern century uh, or millennia, not century, modern millennia. So the last thousand years. Um, obviously, you have the Crusades that people talk about. Yep, which is another class on TSU. Yeah, and so people people don't understand. We do not believe in the name of expanding Christianity, that we should kill people to expand Christianity. People often quote Deuteronomy, they quote the Old Testament, to where the Israelites are at war with other nations, and God tells them to kill other nations and to not spare anyone to do all those things. They say, see, look at that. That could be a justification for violence for Christians to expand the name of Christianity. What people often miss is God is the only one who gets to decide our fate. And this actually gets into a question that's coming up too. But God's the only one that gets to decide our fate. He directed them to do this for because he knew in his wisdom, based upon 
the trajectory of what their culture was doing, what they were happening, what was happening, the sins that they committed, that they were guilty yeah, yeah. and they needed to be judged. And this was the way that he was enacting out his judgment here on earth. We do not have the responsibility, and there's arguments around it with Islam and other things. Do we have the responsibility if if you walk away from the faith that we can kill you? Yep. We see that the example that Jesus sets for us is we do not have that authority. God has not given us the authority to take that. So that's one one uh, area of church history that is important to understand is that it's it's not it, first of all it was in response to the Muslim conquests that yeah. happened a couple hundred years earlier. And it's and it's a little bit to another conversation around how do we live normal life as Christ followers and also what is the what what is appropriate in government and nation building right, right. and uh obviously historical tribalism all land has been conquered right. by somebody at some point, and what happened first, the chicken or the egg? Like, what's happening in Israel right now? It's like, it's been happening for thousands of years. Oh, yeah. Um, every square inch of ground. And so, um, yeah, the, it's important that the Crusades, a lot of people just throw that out, actually, to bash Christianity, to say, well, look what you... And, but, but improperly understanding like what is military what is defending what is uh what is a response to and what's an appropriate response what's disproportionate response all, all of that and i'm not defending the crusades i'm just saying uh you have to understand the full context versus just pick cherry picking and throwing one thing under the bus yeah was there potentially righteous war in the crusades yeah and was there potentially or certainly people that went too far and and took things into their own hands absolutely i mean that's the big critique right yeah but christianity whether in war or in um in just modern like just normal living christianity is not hey because you believe something different you should die right that right. is not christianity no chance, zero of that. Right, and then the, the other two, m moving ahead a couple hundred years, the Protestant Reformation, so we mentioned the term Protestantism. Yep. Protestant Reformation started in, in Germany, and famous person Martin Luther, and there were others that were involved in this, but essentially the, the Catholic Church at that time was, was the ruling class. They were, the government was intertwined. It was almost a theocracy, but... It's not the Catholic Church even as we see it today, but it was a full, powerful Catholic Church. They were taking indulgences, which meant they were accepting essentially bribes to say, I will give you this money if you, on behalf of God, forgive my sins. And Martin Luther was frustrated by this. Also, another big thing he was frustrated about was that most people couldn't read or write, and they weren't teaching people to read or write. And so the only people who actually could read the Bible and who had access to the Bible were the elites and the priests. And so they weren't actually even giving the Bible away and allowing people to read it, even if they had the ability to read. They were holding it to themselves because they didn't necessarily want people to read this for what it was, they wanted to be the interpreters of Scripture. Yeah, it was a power move. Yeah, it was a power move. And so Martin Luther, in his biggest critique, he writes all these critiques about um, the, the Catholic Church. He ends up, you know, stamping it or stapling it to the— Nailing the, it. Nailing it to the— He brought a staple gun? Yes, yeah, staple gun. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed it to the wall of his church, was put on trial, and there's a, a whole history about the Protestant Reformation. But essentially the goal of this was get the Bible back into the hands of the people. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a generic uh, a, a generic difference between traditional Catholicism and then Protest- Protestantism. Got it. Uh, is do we need a middleman to get to God? Right. And Lu- what Luther was arguing, and what we believe as Protestants is, no, there's a role of a pastor. There's a role of elders, a role of deacons, a role of church leadership and spiritual authority. But that does not mean that the congregation needs a middleman to talk to God, to see forgiveness of sin. Um, and we definitely don't believe that, let me pay $1,000 to get XYZ prayers answered or blessings. And right. that's, that's kind of a different different take on like word of faith and things like that. But Yeah, and then the, the last one would be the... Pentecostal revival that started in in Azusa our, Street Azusa Street revival in our country. Obviously, there's been other Pentecostal movements around the world, but for us in our denomination, Azusa Street revival. William Seymour often is is attributed with the leading this movement, starting on yep. Azusa Street. It expanded into multiple denominations, and is really the the start of. Pentecostalism in America, that's where the Assemblies of God was founded out of, yep. was out of that Azusa Street revival. And so those are all just different points in history that I think, again, in the in the more modern side, we it's it's hard to to grab every bit of it. But in and, ter- and just trying to simplify what is Pentecostalism is that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit for today, that there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit different from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and that all of the gifts of the Spirit were not just for the early church, but 2,000 years later, they are available and um, proper for us to operate in today. And so if you're not Pentecostal, then you wouldn't believe that same thing. And so we yeah, are Pentecostal. Be, so the, the, the term would be continuationist. We believe that the gifts continue on. And others would be cessationist, which means that they they cease, the gifts cease, they stop. They were only for the apostles to show that Jesus was real, to to prove his his deity. The gifts manifested themselves. We do not believe that's true. That's one that we are. I would say I'm a little bit stronger on compared to some of the other things we've talked about in the last podcast. Is I I see in Scripture to me it is pretty clear that. Oh, it's totally clear that it continues on. That now, now, sure, we're not promised that we're going to get the gift of healing that Jesus had. That we can just lay hands on the sick and immediately. Yeah. It's not promised. It's not guaranteed. But if you look around the world, if you see this, we believe this theologically. We believe this in practice, yeah. and I think that's an important thing. The last question here, and then we'll get to prayer requests. And this could go into a, a, a whole other topic as well. But Dara, Dara Lee asks, what does the church think about assisted suicide? Yeah, well, some people might not even know what is assisted suicide because um, it's it's actually coming up in some le- legislation and here in uh, Minnesota, yeah, yeah, new uh, new bills that are trying to be passed that would legalize assisted suicide. I mean, the, I'll, I'll give the fast answer, and if you want to go more in depth to what it is, the fast answer is we are against assisted suicide. So we are pro life. Um, in the womb, uh, obviously, when we talk about abortion and all of that, but then also, if there's somebody that's struggling or going through something difficult, whether it's sickness, illness, disease, or mental health, suicidal thoughts, things like that, you know, there is there is legisla- legislation trying to be passed that would allow for if somebody doesn't want to be here, they don't have to be here, and you can have a medical professional help you uh, via uh, drugs, medication, pills, um, 
or injection to end your life. And yeah. you sign you sign a document, hey, I'm good. I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, and and they're trying to pass this into law that, that that would be okay for a medical professional to do to end a life. I mean, I just think about this. Can you imagine if somebody's like, hey, I don't want my right arm anymore. Um, I don't want my right arm. I'm going to sign a document. It works fine. You know, um, or, or, the, you know, maybe it's a little gimpy or something, you know, maybe yeah, like I strained like, my shoulder, strain my shoulder. Yeah. I just don't want to deal with my right arm anymore. I'm going to sign a document and, and doctor, can you cut it off? Most of us would be like, no, right. we're not doing that. But isn't it crazy that there is a, there is a group of people out there and it's not a small group of people. There's, there are a lot of people out there that would say, Hey, if you don't want to live anymore because of whatever your issues are, we're okay with you making a decision to end your life. Um, and I think it's, I think it is despicable and disgusting. And we believe in supernatural healing and transformation and the darkness that somebody's experiencing. There is another side in Jesus Christ. There's hope and joy. And so we do not want to uh, come alongside assisted suicide as appropriate practice. Right. And, and I think there's a difference between active assisted suicide and not receiving treatments for something, right? Like if you're at the end, like let's say cancer, it's it's a terrible disease. Yeah, yeah. My grandfather, he passed from cancer and towards the end, he said, I I, I just, I'm, I'm at peace. Yeah, yeah. I'm at peace that it's the end. I, I want us to shift our prayers from, we've been praying for healing for, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I want us to shift our prayers to Lord, give us peace in these final moments. Yep. so that we can enjoy our presence together, but knowing that I'll be in your presence soon and we're not going to continue on with these treatments. We're going to accept th that this is what God wants to do. A, a, a very difficult decision, yep. but one that many people who are dealing with severe medical uh, challenges say, we're going to make that tough decision. I've talked to many people, cancer specifically, that say if it comes back, I'm not I'm not treating it yeah, in the yeah. aggressive way. Or sometimes old in age, they'll they'll yeah. stop eating. You know, they right. just have they've lost the desire to eat, and that, you know they're they're frail, and it's been a long fight, long yeah. battle, and you don't you know some families are like, well, we're not going to shove a feeding tube down their throat, and right. you know, it's just not uh, the quality of life has gone down. So yeah, it's the difference between we are actively keeping you alive versus we are actively trying to terminate your to life, end, right? Your it's life. the other end of it. And we just see that God God is the creator, the sustainer, and the ender yep. of life, yep. you know? Now, other people can take it in their own hands and murder and in situations that are, are evil, but in those situations, we don't believe that we should be active in our own demise in life, yep. that we want to lean to the Lord. And I know it's difficult for those who say, what about someone who's in severe pain? What about somebody who's really struggling? Again, or, or what if somebody is is uh, in a coma and yeah. they have been for X number of days or weeks or months in the family, the doctors are like, hey, do you want to pull the plug? And these are real yeah. life scenarios and pastoral moments where we, we've come alongside families in... Um, helping them come to peace about a certain decision, whether to keep it plugged in and believe for a miracle and God God can do a miracle. He can resurrect the dead. Mm -hmm. God can do anything, uh, but also coming to peace at is now the time to pull the plug and and it's in the Lord's hands. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and 
there's so much we could get into on that, and maybe we will in, in future podcasts. But I do want to get to prayer requests and make sure that you all know and join us together that we believe in the power of prayer, that whether you are, if you're in a situation like that, you're struggling, you feel like I'm, I'm my grandparent or my mom or dad or myself, I'm, I'm walking through something really difficult and I need healing, I need prayer, or I'm at the end of my life and I want to pray for peace. We want to pray with you for that. But there are a lot of people's needs here who are believing and praying for things. Yep. Someone from Maple Grove Campus said, Thank you for praying for me after my stroke in July. I was recently diagnosed with cancer. I have surgery coming up on November 20th. Pray that all goes well. The cancer would be fully removed from my body. We are praying for that surgery on November 20th. In Jesus' name for Minitrista, pray that I'm bold and I share my faith. Pray for my cousin Teresa. She has cancer. And a praise report. We'll be closing on a new house in November. Praise God. Apple Valley, prayers for our 17-year-old daughter who checked herself into a mental hospital. Yep. Wow, that's... Some courage to do check yourself in. Hey, watch Amber's story. Yeah. Watch Amber's story on YouTube. Um, if you look up River Valley Plus, River Valley Plus on YouTube, Amber's story is one of the videos that's on there. And and she's got a testimony of, of being in mental facilities uh, and, and contemplating ending her life. And God totally changed her life, transformed her. Amen. Just an encouragement. Someone else, my dad had brain surgery and has an undiagnosed cancer. A lot of people praying for cancer, as we talked yep. about. Terrible disease, but we're praying for healing in Jesus' name. I know people who have, are cancer-free who've been healed in yep. Jesus' name. I get married in seven weeks, feel lost. Pray for my family and for my dad's healing. Someone else praying for their son who's in basic training in the Air Force. Peace of mind, strength to endure. And a praise report, my dad is alive and doing okay after being hit by a semi-truck. I I was gonna I was gonna read that same report. That it's crazy? just praise God. Praise That's God. So scary, and praise God he's alive. I know Shannon uh, Shannon Kerr. She was hit by a, a truck as well, and miraculous story. We have we filmed that, shared the testimony, and God can protect us. It's incredible. Yeah, that's actually one of somebody coming out of a coma. Yeah. Um, another praise report is some somebody wrote in and said thank thank. Thank the Lord for healing my brother. He's cancer-free. Come on. And God can heal cancer. I mean, he can heal yep. your body and rid you of cancer. And and we've got a we've got a pastor friend that's in Australia, just found out that he's got cancer. And we're believing God for a mir supernatural miracle yes. um, that cancer would be dissolved. Let's pray together uh, right now. Lord, we thank you that you're the God that heals. And we just pray that you would dissolve cancer in anybody's body that has cancer. Uh, we thank you that you are the God that can heal any disease, any ailment, any illness. And you are also the God that can provide when there's a job that's needed, when there's finances needed. God, you can provide in a supernatural way. You can restore relationships. You can draw people to you. Right now, we praise you that you've healed a brother of cancer. You have kept a dad alive after being hit by a semi. Uh, God, you are doing the miraculous. We praise you for all the new families that were part of our church, uh, visiting our church this last weekend at Candy Palooza. We just pray that they would come back. They would continue to attend and find out that there's more to this life uh, than just floating uh, and and building whatever dream they have. But there's, there is a mission for us to be on. And as we go into this next weekend to find out what a family looks like on mission. I just pray that every family that comes would get 
uh, just a vision from heaven of what mission looks like for them. Obviously, it's to reach more people for Jesus, but in a specific way, how can we be uh, a godly impact in our neighborhoods? How can we be a godly impact in our workplace? Uh, and some people might find out that their mission is to go around the world as a missionary, as one of the 500 or as a family, a part of our 500. Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to hearts this weekend what mission looks like to them, uh, for them, specifically from you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast.
If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend. Thank you.